0: FOR HERSELF OR FOR ANOTHER BY VALERIE Brusov, RECORDED FOR LOVE STORIES VOLUME THREE BY WILLIAM JONES, BENITA SPRINGS, FLORIDA. THIS IS A LIBRIVOX RECORDING. ALL LIBRIVOX RECORDINGS ARE IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. FOR MORE INFORMATION OR TO VOLUNTEER, PLEASE VISIT LIBRIVOX.ORG. FOR HERSELF OR FOR ANOTHER BY VALERIE Brusov. SECTION 1 Is it she?" No, it can't be. But yet, of course, it is," said Peter Andreevich Bosmanov to himself, as a lady who had previously attracted his attention passed for the fifth or sixth time the little table at which he was sitting. He no longer doubted that it was Elizaveta. Certainly. They had not met for nearly twelve years, and no woman's face could remain unchanged during such a period. The features, formerly thin and sharply defined, had become somewhat fuller. The glance, once confiding as a child, was now cold and stern, and in the whole face there was an expression of self-confidence which used not to be there. But were they not the same eyes which Basmanoff had loved to liken to st Elma's fires? Was it not that same oval which by its purity of outline alone had often calmed his passion? Were they not the same tiny ears which he had found so sweet to kiss? Yes, it must be Elizabeth. There could not be two women so much alike as much alike as the reflections in two adjoining mirrors bosmanov's mind went quickly over the history of his love for elizabetta not for the first time did he thus survey it for all of his memories none was dearer or more sacred than this love the young advocate just stepping forth into life had met a woman somewhat older than himself who had loved him with all the blindness of a fierce, unreasoning, ecstatical passion. Elizabeth's full soul had been absorbed by this love, and nothing else in the world had mattered to her except this one thing, to possess her beloved, give herself to him, worship him. She had been prepared to sacrifice all the conventions of their set, She had begged Bosmanov to allow her to leave her husband and go live with him, and in society. Not only had she not been ashamed of her connection with him, which, of course, had been talked about, but she had, as it were, gloried in it. Bosmanov had never since come across a love so self-forgetful, so ready to sacrifice itself and he could not have doubted that if at any time he had demanded of elizaveta that she should kill herself she would have fulfilled his behest with a calm submissive rapture how had basmanov profited by such a love which comes to us only once in life He had been afraid of it, afraid of its immensity and its strength. He had understood that where infinite sacrifices are made, they were necessarily accompanied by great demands. He had been afraid to accept this love, because it would have been necessary to give something in exchange for it, and he felt himself spiritually lacking and he had been afraid that his just-blossoming career might be checked. Osmanov, like a thief, had stolen half a year's love, which could not have been his, had he been frank and shown his real character from the first, and then he had taken advantage of the first trifling excuse to break off the connection. Ah! how ashamed he was now to recall their last meeting Before this took place, Elizabeth, blinded by her love for him, could not understand, could not see, that her beloved was too low for her to abase herself before him, and she had begged him on her knees not to forsake her. He remembered how she, sobbing, had embraced his feet and let herself be dragged along the floor. How, in despair, she had beaten her head against the wall. He had learnt afterwards that his desertion had sent Elizaveta nearly out of her mind, that at one time she had wished to enter a convent, and that later, when she became a widow, she had gone abroad. Since then he had lost all trace of her. Was it possible that here at Interlaken he was meeting her now again, twelve years after their rupture? calm stern beautiful as ever with her inexplicable fascination for him and her tormentingly sweet reminders of the past Bosmanov, sitting at the little café table watching the tall lady in the large paris hat as she went by and his whole being burned feverishly with images and sensations of the past suffusing in a moment THE MEMORY OF HIS MIND, AND THE MEMORY OF HIS BODY. IT WAS SHE, IT WAS SHE, Elizabeth WHOM HE HAD NOT ALLOWED TO LOVE HIM AS FULLY AS SHE HAD WISHED, AND WHOM HE HIMSELF HAD NOT DARED TO LOVE AS FULLY AS HE MIGHT, AS MUCH AS HE HAD WISHED, IT WAS SHE, HIS BETTER HALF, RESTORED AGAIN TO HIM WHEN HIS LIFE HAD ALMOST PASSED. She, alive still, the possibility incarnate of reviving that which had been, of completing and restoring it. In spite of his self-possession, Bosmanov's head was in a whirl. He paid the waiter for his ice, got up from his seat, and walked out by the path along which the tall lady had passed. SECTION 2 When Bosmanov overtook the tall lady, he raised his hat deferentially and bowed to her. But the lady showed no sign of recognition. "'Is it possible you do not recognize me, Elizabetha Vassilievna?' asked Bosmanov, speaking in Russian. After some hesitation, the lady answered in Russian, though with a slight accent. "'Pardon me, but you've probably made a mistake.' i am not an acquaintance of yours Elizabetha vasilyevna exclaimed bosmanov deeply hurt by such a reply surely you must recognize me i am peter Andreevich bosmanov it's the first time i've heard that name said the lady and i don't know you at all for several seconds bosmanov gazed at the lady who thus spoke to him asking himself whether he had not made a mistake. But there was such an undoubted likeness. He so definitely recognized her as Elizaveta, that blocking up the pathway to this lady in the large Paris hat, he repeated insistently, "'I recognize you, Elizaveta Vassilyevna. I understand that you may have reasons for concealing your true name.' I understand that you may not wish to meet your former acquaintances, but you must know that it is absolutely necessary for me to speak a few words to you. I have gone through too much since we separated. I must put myself right with you. I don't want you to despise me." Bosmanov hardly knew himself what he was saying. He wanted only one thing, that Elisabetta would acknowledge that it was she. He was afraid that she might go away, and not come back, might vanish forevermore, and that this meeting might prove to be a dream. The lady moved quietly to one side, and said in French, Monsieur, laissez-moi passer, s'il vous plaît. Je ne vous connais pas. She showed no agitation, whatever and at Bosma's words the expression of her face did not change in the least. But all the same he could not let her go, but followed her. Elisaveta, he cried, curse me, if you will, call me the most worthless of men, tell me that you no longer wish to know me. I will take it all humbly as I ought, but do not pretend that you do not recognize me. That I cannot endure. You dare not, ought not, to insult me so. I assure you, the lady interrupted in a more severe tone, that you mistake me for someone else. You call me Elisaveta Vasilievna, but that is not my name. I am Ekaterina Vladimirovna Sadikova, and my maiden name was Armand. Surely, that is sufficient evidence for you to allow me to continue my walk as I wish to do, but why then cried Bosmanoff, making a last attempt? Why have you borne with me so long? If I am an utter stranger to you, why don't you at once order me to be silent or call a policeman? No one behaves as gently as you have done towards a scoundrel of the street. I see quite clearly answered the lady, that you are not a street scoundrel, and that you would not allow yourself to take any liberties. You've simply made a mistake. My likeness to some lady of your acquaintance has led you into an error. That is no crime, and I've no occasion whatever to call the police. But now everything has been explained. Goodbye. bye Bosmanov could insist no longer. He stood aside, and the lady walked slowly past him. But the whole of the conversation, the tone of the lady's voice, her movements, everything about her, only accentuated his belief that this was Elisabetta. Disturbed and agitated, he went back to his room at the hotel. Beyond the green meadow, like some gigantic phantom, showed the eternal snow of the Jungfrau, it seemed near but was immeasurably far was it not like to Elizaveta, who had seemed risen from the dead but who had again retreated into the far unknown it was not difficult for bosmanov to discover the address of the lady whom he had met after some hesitation he wrote her a letter in which he said that he had no wish to argue about what was evident he had clearly made a mistake in taking an unknown lady for an old acquaintance of his but their short encounter had made a deep impression on him and he begged permission to bow to her when they met in memory of an accidental acquaintance the letter was couched in extremely cautious and respectful terms when on the following day bosmanov met the lady who called herself madame sadikova she bowed to him first, and herself began to speak to him. And so their acquaintance began. Section 3. Madame Sadikova gave no signs of ever having previously known Bosmanov. Quite the contrary. She treated him as someone whom she had never met before. They talked about unimportant matters, connected chiefly with the life at the watering-place, Madame Sadikova's conversation was interesting and clever, and she appeared to be very well read. But when Bosmanov tried to pass to more intimate, more painful questions, his companion lightly and deftly evaded them. Everything convinced Bosmanov that she was Elizabeth. He recognized her voice, her favorite turns of speech, recognized that intangible something which expresses the individuality of a person, but which is difficult to define in words. He could have sworn that he was not mistaken. Certainly, there were slight marks of difference, but could not these be explained by the interval of twelve years? It was natural that from Elisabeth's flaming passions the experience of life should have forged a steely coldness. It was natural that, living abroad for many years, Elizaveta could have somewhat forgotten her native tongue, and speak it with an accent. Finally, it was natural that in her behavior, in her gestures, in her laughter, there should appear a few features which had not been there before. All the same, Bosmanov was sometimes seized by doubt, and then he began mentally to notice hundreds of tiny peculiarities which distinguished ekaterina from elisaveta but he only needed to look once more into madame sadikova's face to hear her speak and all his doubts would disperse like a mist he felt in himself and his soul was aware that this was she whom he had once loved Of course, he did all he could to unravel the mystery. He tried to confuse her by asking unexpected questions. She was always on her guard, and she easily escaped out of all of his snares. He tried to question her acquaintances. No one knew anything about her. He even went so far as to intercept a letter addressed to her. It proved to be from Paris, and consisted only of impersonal french phrases one evening when the two were together in a restaurant Bosmanoff could endure the continuous strain no longer and he suddenly exclaimed why do we keep up this tormenting game you are elizavieta i am sure of it you can't forget how you once loved me and of course you can't forget how basely i cast you off BUT NOW I BRING YOU ALL MY SOUL'S REPENTANCE. I DESPISE MYSELF FOR MY FORMER CONDUCT. THIS IS WHAT I PROPOSE. TAKE ME FOR THE WHOLE OF MY LIFE IF YOU CAN FORGIVE ME. BUT I SAY THIS TO ELIZABETHE. I GIVE MYSELF TO HER, NOT TO ANY OTHER WOMAN." Madame Sodikova listened in silence to this little speech transgressing as it did the limits of society's small talk, and answered calmly, "'Dear Peter Andreevich, if you are speaking to me, I might answer you. Perhaps. But as you warn me that you are speaking to Elizaveta, there is nothing for me to say.' In the greatest excitement Bosmanov got up from his seat and asked her, "'Do you wish to insist that you are not Elizaveta?' will say so once more to my face, without blenching, and I will go away. I will at once hide myself from your eyes. I will vanish out of your life. Then there will be no more reason for my living. Madame Sodikova smiled sweetly. Do you wish so much that I were Elizabeth? asked she. Very well. I will be Elizabeth section four then the second game began a more cruel one perhaps than the first madame zodikova called herself Elisaveta and treated bosmanov as an old acquaintance when he spoke of the past she pretended to remember the persons and events of which he spoke when he all trembling reminded her of her love for him she laughing agreed that she had loved him, but she hinted that in the course of time this love had died down as every flame dies down. In order to play her part conscientiously, Madame Sadikova herself would sometimes speak of the happenings of the past, but she mixed up the dates, remembered the wrong names, imagined things which had never occurred. It was especially tormenting that when she spoke of her love For Bosmanov, she referred to it as a light flirtation, the accidental amusement of a lady in society. This seemed to Bosmanov an insult to sacred things, and almost with a wail he besought her to be silent. But this was little. Imperceptibly, step by step, Madame Sadikova poisoned all of Bosmanov's most holy recollections. By her hints... She discrowned all the most beautiful facts of the past. She gave him to understand that much of what had appeared to him as evidence of her self forgetful love had been only hypocrisy and make believe. Elisaveta implored Basmanov once of her, is it possible for me to believe that your passionate vows, your sobs, your despair, when you threw yourself unconscious on the floor? that all this was feigned? The most talented dramatic actress could not act so well. You are defaming yourself." Madame Sadikova, answering to the name of Elizaveta, as she had been doing for some time, said with a smile, "'How can one distinguish where acting ends and sincerity begins?' I wanted at that time to feel strongly, and so I allowed myself to pretend to be despairing and out of my senses. If in your place had been not you but some other, I should have acted just the same. And yet, at that very moment, it would have cost me nothing to overcome myself and not sob at all. Aren't we all like that in life? actors? We don't so much live as act the part of living. That's not true, exclaimed Bosmanov. You say this because you do not know how Elizaveta loved. She would never have spoken so. You are only playing her part. It's evident that you are not she. You are Ekaterina. Madame Sodikova laughed and then said in a different tone, Just as you like, Peter Andreevich. I only played the part to please you. If you wish it, I will become myself again, Ekaterina Vladimirovna Sadikova. How can I know where you are real? For some minutes he doubted who he was himself. In the meantime, Madame Sadikova got up and proposed a walk, and she again began to speak to him as Elizaveta. Section 5 The days went by, the season at Interlaken came to an end. Bosmanov, obsessed by his connection with this mysterious acquaintance of his, began to forget everything else, forgot why he had come to Interlaken, forget all his business, answered no letters from home, lived a sort of senseless life. Like a maniac he thought only of one thing—how to guess the secret of Elizaveta Ekaterina. Was he in love with this woman? He could not have said. She drew him to herself as to an abyss, as to a horror, to a place of destruction. Months and years might go by, and he would be glad to go on with this duel of mind and ready wit, this struggle of two minds, one of which sought to preserve her secret, and the other strove to tear it from her. But suddenly, early in October, Madame Sadikova left Interlaken. She went away, neither saying good-bye to Bosmanov nor warning him of her departure. On the following day, however, he received a letter from her, posted from Baron. "'I will not deprive you of the satisfaction of guessing who I am,' wrote Madame Sadikova. I leave the solution of this problem to your sharp wit. But if you are tired of guessing, and would like to have the simplest solution, I will tell it to you. Suppose that I was really a complete stranger to you. Learning from your own agitated accounts how cruelly you had once treated a certain Elizabeth, I determined to avenge her. I THINK I HAVE ATTAINED MY OBJECT. MY REVENGE HAS BEEN ACCOMPLISHED. YOU WILL NEVER FORGET THESE WEEKS OF TORTURE AT Interlaken, AND FOR WHOM I TOOK THIS VENGEANCE? FOR MYSELF OR FOR ANOTHER? IS IT NOT ALL THE SAME IN THE LONG RUN? GOOD-BYE. YOU WILL NEVER SEE ME AGAIN. Elisabetta Ekaterina End of For Herself or For Another by Valery Brussoff